Hello and welcome to the Bees Knees Podcast. We're your hosts, Ben and Brittany, and if you haven't already, please download this episode. And make sure to check out the link in the description where you can find links to our socials and Discord. Happy listening. Alright, so I I couldn't think of anything like fun or like quirky to talk about. So instead, I have this super duper dope list of uh, polarizing hypotheticals. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you a question and you have to give me your answer and then tell me why. Okay. Okay. Um, so I'll start off with, uh, with this one. Would you rather give up three fingers in exchange for $1 million? I guess it's not rather. I don't know why they have rather. Would you give up three fingers in exchange for $1 million? Um... <laughs> Do I get to pick what fingers? <laughs> it doesn't specify, so yes. Like, I mean, I guess it would suck, but I probably would. <laughs> because I would get to still go on trips, and as long as I get to keep my thumbs, I can still be fairly <laughs> capable with only three fingers missing. I mean, I won't have the, like, hand model hands that I have now, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there are, there are plenty of people who who function just fine with less than three missing fingers. Yeah. That's an easy million dollars. There are a lot of, like, old contractors that come into my store, and almost all of them are missing at least a piece of a finger. I have never met a proper woodworker that is not missing a part of a finger. Yeah. Or more. Exactly. And right. they're getting along just fine. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather travel 100 years forward or back in time? As a woman? <laughs> forward. <laughs> you know what? You don't even need to elaborate. <laughs> Would you rather fight 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? I feel like we've talked about this one before. And... I think one horse-sized duck. You've made a fatal flaw. Ducks, just by themselves, could probably fuck you up. Now, imagine if that thing's big. Yeah, but there's only one of them, and they're like... What are you going to do to a horse-sized <laughs> duck? Um, Stay away from it. No, this is a fist fight. <laughs> this is fisticuffs. I can't have a weapon. Like, what What weapons do you have, Brittany? I might have a knife. <laughs> I might have um, a pointy stick. You know what? You take your pointy stick and you fight a horse-sized hey, duck. Good luck. Ducks can be scary if there's a lot of them, especially when they're all swarming you. I would get trampled and pecked to death. At least maybe my agility might help me with... <laughs> One duck. Maybe. Maybe. And maybe it's clumsy. <gasps> I know. I'll do the classic, like, get a rope and run around its legs. Oh, so you're going to, like, trip. you're going to, like, take out the ATATs on Hoth. Mm. Just fly around the feet and knock it over. Yeah. All right. You know what? You've convinced me. Uh, who do you think would win? This will be our last one. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bear or a gorilla? A gorilla. Yeah. I read that one and I was like, you know, 
I don't know if a bear would stand much of a chance. I feel like just because of, again, the mobility and the strength of a gorilla. Like, yeah, bears <laughs> are... strength of a gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> bears have, like, their claws and their teeth and stuff. But I feel like the fact that the gorilla could just get on the bear's back and, like, choke it out or something. Yeah. Bears are brutes. But I feel like a gorilla... Like, they're also very large, but they have the potential to be more tactical. Yeah. Now, I just want to see one of those videos where it's like, do you remember those TV shows where they would animate fights between, like, a cheetah and a chimpanzee or something like that? No, I have no idea. It was on the History <laughs> It was on the History Channel when the History Channel finally decided to, like, ditch just boring documentaries about art museums. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, how many trucks can go down this Arctic road? Aliens. And what if animals fight? I don't remember this. But I want to see Gorilla v. Bear. One-on-one pay-per-view cage match. <laughs> and I'll put my money on that, Gorilla. All right. <laughs> we like talking about movies and TV or TV and movies Cause we're the bee's knees, oh yeah Every single week we have talked more and more about just the overwhelming amount of content that we are getting mm-hmm. with TV shows And it's really difficult to keep up Like Stranger Things is coming back out this week We've got only Murders in the Building Season 2 is coming out this week. We've got all of our regular TV show. We've only dropped one, which is Obi-Wan, which we'll be talking about later. But today I saw a meme, and it was this girl sitting in front of, like, six different plates, which all had stacks of pancakes on them. <laughs> and she just looked so overwhelmed. And in this meme, each stack of pancake had a different show written on it. And... This didn't even cover all the shows that we're watching. (laughs) And I've not related to something so much in a very long time. It all just also reminds me of, you know, that scene in The Grinch, Jim Carrey's Grinch, when he's being force fed like all the pudding. And at first he's like really enjoying it. And then after he's just like, oh, no, I'm going to be sick. And then they start feeding him fudge. And by the end, he's just like aggressively biting it out of their hands because it's like you're giving it to me anyway. And I there's no stopping it. So I might as well just like tackle this challenge with as much force as I can come up with. <laughs> and it's just it's that feeling. Well, speaking of as much force as we can come up with, uh, I'm going to do our uh, our I was about to say annual our weekly roll. Mm hmm. 17. Nice. Nice. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of stuff like being force-fed down our throats right now. Mm-hmm. And it's so frustrating cuz it's all on Wednesdays. Yeah. And like it hasn't been that big of a problem to just kind of like space it out and like, you know, manually make a TV schedule. Yeah. But like I pay for all these like streaming platforms and stuff, so I don't have to go by a scheduled TV thing. Right. Like I get that it's released once a week, but. But also, if you don't, if 
that's the other thing that we're struggling with is like if we don't watch them as soon as possible we run into the risk of spoilers yeah so it's like we kind of have our hands tied here because it's all coming out on one day and if we don't watch it as soon as possible we could have things ruined yeah like for us some of the biggest shows are the marvel shows Mm -hmm. and the amount of things that just get posted about online yeah like the second they're uploaded like wednesdays are rough for me yeah and i'm saying that they're rough in a very generous sense of the word Um, (laughs) but i have to wake up on wednesdays and not look at my phone Mm -hmm. because if i do i'm gonna get my my, i'm gonna be spoiled on my miss marvel right (laughs) which is like not really a big, a big deal because of what it is, but uh, like it's just so inconveniencing, you know? Yeah, especially because that's one of the shows that we watch with the kids that we've not only have to wait for a time that's good for us and like our schedules, but also wait for a time where it's good for the girls to watch as well. Yeah, usually we don't end up watching... I think it's Friday nights yeah, before Fridays. we get to watch that one. Although that was when Obi-Wan was coming out at the same time. Mm-hmm. So Thursdays is probably going to be our Ms. Marvel. Yeah. Ms. Marvel days. Possibly. But this week we have a few shows that we need to talk about. Yep. Ms. Marvel being one of them. Yep. Obi-Wan being another one. Mm. The boys. Yes. The boy. Lots <laughs> to unpack here. <laughs> Very, very different shows. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like we should just start off with the uh, arguably the worst of them. Not in quality, but in you know, content. <laughs> um, the Boys, specifically episode six, which was Herogasm. Yeah, which we had been warned about Herogasm since this episode or since the season came out. I remember you saying stuff like, oh, apparently Herogasm is going to be like, the most shocking episode well, ever. It's based off of one of the most shocking, like, comics. Concepts. Comic, yeah, like the comic, it's kind of like a little uh, independent run. Uh-huh. It's not like part of the boys' main comic run. It's like a separate story. Yeah. Um, And it is shocking. So when I read the episode titles and I saw Herogasm was one of them, I thought, oh, this is going to be nuts. Yeah. And then everything we saw online was like, oh, even the stars can't watch it. It's just too much for them. The people who edited it, they just, some of them were sick watching it. See, and like the concept of the Herogasm, like this being this like one big orgy of superheroes and their super abilities and they're just all fucking everywhere (laughs) um that i thought was gonna be more shocking but see when you start off your season with a person shrinking tiny and going inside of a penis and we see that yeah that is a very shocking thing to see and the explosion and that itself was shocking and i don't think that anything we saw in herogasm came to the shock value that that episode had 
No, and honestly, a lot of the gore things in the boys mm-hmm. is more shocking than the sex thing. Like the only person I feel bad for who had any part in the making of the Hero Gasm episode, yeah, is the team who had to animate Love Sausage's wiener. Yeah, because it's off-putting. It's very off-putting. And that was somebody spent weeks doing that. Do you want to know something? <laughs> when did like Pam and Tommy come out? Was that in 2021 still or is that 2022? Uh one of the two. Okay. Well, I just feel like there has been a lot of just uncomfortable penis scenes lately. <laughs> and just like really pushing how far you can take the role of a penis in a scene. Yeah. And the boys for sure has very has been very experimental. Okay. With that. But it just seems like lately there's been a lot of it and it's just very uncomfortable because it's not normal, right? Yeah. Like if it's just a guy's body parts like whatever, that's a penis. Okay. But the fact <laughs> that you, you have a, a talking, talking penis, you. you have just an enormous penis where a man is walking inside of the hole, that's disturbing. Or, or a uh, giant anaconda dick. Just a prehensile around. dick. And it's funny because Umbrella Academy came out too. We're not going to be talking about it this week, but uh, mostly because we haven't watched it all. But there was a scene where the guy who has tentacles come out of him. Yeah. Reached ben. a tentacle around to like sit one of the other to characters down. Yeah. And the only thing we could see was <laughs> Love Sausage's dick on this on... guy's shoulder. And we're like. Because that's what happened with Mother's Milk twice. Mother's Milk has <laughs> dealt with this dick Love twice. Toys. Mother's Milk had such a bad time at Hero Gasm. Oh, yeah. Like. He he goes and he's just off put by Love Sausage, who at this point gets given the name Love Sausage. He's like, I like that. That's mm-hmm. my name. And then he goes to clean himself off, opens a door and just gets soaked in cum. Well, before that, you're forgetting this another little guy was inside oh, of a woman right. and was covered in all of her love juices. And expanded to normal size and bumped into him. So he originally gets covered in female cum and then opens a door to get changed, then gets exploded with male cum. So he's just full of all the feet, like the liquids, the bodily (laughs) fluids. Fully coated in cum. Yes. Off-putting. Never thought I would say that on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was like there were scenes that if that was the worst thing that happened Mm -hmm. would be shocking yeah but i mean i even think back to like the opening scene of the first season yeah where it starts off with a girl exploding from a speedster Mm -hmm. like that was itself more shocking than mm getting (laughs) bukkakied yeah Okay, so now that we're, like, we're going to have to put a double explicit rating on this episode, (laughs) I feel like. But um, more into, like, the story arcs and stuff of this episode. We have um, A-Train is dealing with his brother who just got 
paralyzed, paralyzed yeah. because of a soup and kind of having karma come back full on him and experiencing what it's been like for other people that he's caused these kinds of things to. And he actually apologizes, a heartfelt apology to Huey for doing that to his girlfriend. Mm. And Huey on a power trip is just like, I can punch you anyway. <laughs> and uh, Huey has been kind of a dick in this in this season so far. I mean, he is one of the boys. Yeah. And the boys are nothing if not a right bunch of cunts. <laughs> That's true. Um, he's just done so many things where it's just like, come on, Huey. Like, this is just toxic masculinity all yeah. over the place. He's such an insecure little boy that has been put into a man's situation. Mm-hmm. And he just doesn't know how to process his feelings. Yeah. Because his dad never taught him to because his dad's also an insecure little boy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, him getting his temporary suit powers, really not a great look for him. No, it's been so awful. He's been very unbearable for me. Like, anytime he's been on the screen, it's just like, get your head out of your own ass. This isn't about you. Where he's made it so much about him and like I want to save you and I want to be the macho man and I want to do this and it's like what about the fact that like you've asked your girlfriend several times to put herself in a dangerous situation because you want to figure it out and you want to be the hero and save the day like get over yourself (laughs) Um, I want to bounce back to a train real quick Um, so the ending scene for him he takes Blue Hawk and just runs him along oh, the road. Yeah. And just shreds him up and then presumably has a heart, heart attack. attack. Yeah. I really hope he does not die. I don't think he will. I don't think he'll die that well, way. Okay, so did I show you the fourth season like No. They got confirmed for season four and they're yeah. just like, here's us and it was the cast holding up four fingers. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the a train was yes okay so hopefully he's gonna be in season four um but he just finally got a redemption arc mm-hmm. he it was kind of teased at the start of the he's season been back and forth though a couple times where you think he's gonna do something and he starts to redeem himself just to do something stupid yeah. See, and selfish he, he has been doing even the good things he's done so far has been selfish yeah though. Yeah. So I think at this point with his brother getting paralyzed, he sees the damage he's caused. Mm -hmm. And he had that genuine apology. Right. And he saw Vought does nothing to put accountability on these heroes. So he's just going to fuck them up instead. Right. And man, does he. Yeah. That was satisfying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I saw a whole bunch of posts online from like, probably republicans that were just like man i really liked that blue hawk character up until the end shame that they had to uh had to do him dirty like that it's just like i pardon i (laughs) think you're missing the point of the character definitely (laughs) like take a look in the mirror people and just like to see people sympathize with that character it's like I think you're watching the wrong show. (laughs) (laughs) They just don't get it. They don't understand. It's too deep for them. Yeah. Then, uh, so we also got Starlight having kind of a, uh, 
a growth moment in this because she has her fight with Huey about like, I don't need saving. Like, mm-hmm. what kind of a child are you needing to save me? All that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then she just like has been she's been seeing more and more injustice. She's been seeing injustice the whole time she's been in the seven. Yeah. Well, she's been seeing injustice her whole life. Yeah. Like and being used as a prop her whole life. And she's finally like standing up for herself. I mean, like, look at all these people that I have that believe in me. I'm going to actually use my platform for something I care about and just actually tell the truth for once instead of just being a prop for you. Especially after the like Homelander has become completely unrestricted mm-hmm. with his power. Yeah. She just kind of got to that breaking point where she couldn't stand by anymore. Mm-hmm. Although she has severely put a target on her back. Oh yeah. Cause I mean her Sonic boom or whatever his name was pure Sonic. Yeah. Guy. He got just wrecked. Yeah. And that was just as like a warning message yeah. to her. So, so imagine now that she has said Homelander is the bad guy. Yeah, I'm really curious to see where this is going to go. Because like Ashley, I believe it was. And no, it was um, Head Popper Chick, whatever her name is. Right, yeah, her. She is the one that was just like, you have so many followers. Let's work together. And I think that was the moment that Starlight was like, you know what? I do have a huge following and I am America's sweetheart and I'm going to tell them the truth. And if something happens to me, so be it. But that's just going to confirm that what I have said is true. And you're going to have millions of people who are going to cause some sort of uprising. Yeah. So if they aren't already. So I'm just really curious, like, how is Homelander going to bounce back from that? What are her followers? Like you could see because she did a live broadcast on Instagram or something, right? Yeah. And so you have all these people reacting, sending hearts and likes and all this stuff, commenting, and you could see all the support she was getting. So a good majority of her followers must at least already believe her and be backing her up, Mm -hmm. which means that they are not backing up Homelander. And so what's going to happen, though? Because he still very much, we saw Homelander, too, his, like, dual personality. He was really Green Goblinet. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, so he still very much is thriving off of the love of the public. He does have his, like, white supremacist type people Mm. who are still thinking he's the greatest. I call them the Trumplers. Yeah. Well, so I don't know, like... How is this gonna? Is this gonna cause a divide in the yeah. American population? It is going to. It's it's gonna be messy. And what? How come we've never seen any sign like show of this from Homelander before? Is this because he lost Stormfront? Is this because he's lost all of the female companions he's had I think that have supported because him? He's lost everything. He may be in charge right now, but he doesn't have anyone with him. No one likes and him. He, and he Black Noir that, left. I know for. For what? I don't know. You but do he ha- know. Do I? Yeah. Black Noir left the second that Soldier Boy started taking down the old team. Oh, yeah. Not going to lie. I totally forgot about that. Um, but Homelander had that scene where he was, I, I think it was him talking to himself, saying that I want them to love me. Mm-hmm. And it's just like he has that want, yet 
he has driven such a big wedge in that even being a possibility. Yeah. So he's he's crumpling in on himself. Yeah. And I wanted to segue into like the toppest of scenes in this, but real quick I want to talk about Frenchie and Kimiko. Mm. Um because they have just kind of been off on their own little side quest right. of self-discovery. And every time they're on screen, I just like I feel so happy for them and then it's immediately turned to just like such a deep sadness for yeah. them. Because they have such a hard past. She is just a living weapon. And allegedly without her superpowers, even though she definitely is just like way more like tough. Yeah, than, than a normal person. Anybody. Yeah. Because she just got like blown up and still like hospital fresh. And then this dude is just punching her in the ribs over and over and yeah. over. Yeah. And that then was really she hard turned to watch. it around and then was like able to focus on shit. I d- she is a tough cookie, mm-hmm. but she's just like, even without my powers, I'm just a monster. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, you poor sweet thing. I know both her and Frenchie are just getting their past like thrown in their faces constantly and constant reminders. And every time, like you said, things start to look up for them. It's uh-huh. just immediately like the rugs pulled out from under their feet. Like that hospital scene when they kiss and they're both like so happy and he's going to go get snacks and they're going to run away together and be happy and he gets kidnapped. Yeah. And it's just like and then it starts this episode with her texting and like not sure what to say and saying like, oh, I'm sorry for kissing you because she thinks that he's just like left her only to also get kidnapped. Yeah. It's just so incredibly sad. And I don't know where they're going to go. Were they also in the picture where they're holding up before? Uh, I don't know. Maybe they just get to run off together into the sunset by the end of this. That would be really nice because those two characters are the sweetest mm-hmm. characters. They care so much for each other. Like they're both pretty vicious, mm-hmm. fucked up, whole lot of baggage, but they re- they're they're so kind. Yeah. Even through all of their like violence. Yeah. Yeah. Then we should end off with talking about objectively the best scene in this episode. Mm-hmm. The the culminating fight between Homelander and Soldier Boy. Yeah. Which then turns into Soldier Boy and Butcher. Which then turns into Soldier Boy, Butcher, and Huey. Yeah. All against Homelander. And like it had it had so many strong parallels to some of the greatest superhero fights. Yeah. Um like it reminded me a lot of Civil War when Bucky and Captain were fighting Iron Man. Okay, yeah. It reminded me of um when the Guardians and Spider-Man and Iron Man are fighting Thanos. Mm, on uh Yeah, on when they're trying to get yeah. the gauntlet off. And they had like three of them holding him down yeah. and one pulling the gauntlet off. Yeah. And cuz Butcher and Huey were holding Homelander while 
while Soldier Boy was on top of him about to use his power on him. And he just like wiggles his way out of there. I don't know if it was because of Mother's Milk showing up that he was able to get out. If Mother's Milk is our Star-Lord in this situation. No, M.M. was unconscious for that fight, wasn't he? I just remember at some point he showed up because he was like going to get Soldier Boy. And I don't think he became unconscious until Soldier Boy lost control because a Russian song came on. Oh, so that was before this fight. Uh, Soldier Boy shows up, walks past M.M., and M.M. is about to fight him. Then Butcher doesn't let him get to... doesn't let him get to Soldier Boy. So Soldier Boy goes up, hears the Russian song, and blows up the party. Mm. And then they all meet down in the aftermath of the party and have their fight. While M.M. gets taken by Starlight out to help the the people who were hurt by right. the blast. Okay. Um, but yeah, the fight was... It was the most satisfying fight that did not have a conclusion. Yeah. Because the all of it was... Like, it was well choreographed, well shot. Um, in the end, it just is nothing because there are no winners. No one gets punished from this fight yeah yet but uh i was i still left the scene just so content that we got this awesome fight yeah do you want to know what i really liked looking back at it now mm-hmm. so like part of me was wondering how is homelander still so much more powerful that it took three of them to even get close to harming him yeah and i think and this just came to me now maybe this is obvious to everybody else <laughs> but it's just like you think homelander and huey they haven't had powers their whole lives they have not been trained in their powers they're still learning as they go and so they're not going to be the most competent fighters or fighters with powers yeah then soldier boy's been locked up for how many years not mm. able to really fight so they're all going to be a little rusty. So I guess it makes sense that Homelander would still be a challenge in himself. Yeah, because of the sheer training. But also remember, Homelander was a baby pumped full of Compound V from birth. Mm-hmm. Like, he is a walking like test tube of Compound V incarnate. Yeah there's like he's the most powerful because that's all he is yeah whereas presumably soldier boy was a man given this stuff like captain america yeah and butcher and uh huey are just you know junkies Junkies. (laughs) (laughs) just like how lucky is it that Butcher's powers are just like Homelander's? I feel like that's very ironic because he is just everything that he hates. Like, it's bad enough that, like, doesn't matter what super power he would have been given, he yeah. hates soup. So yeah. already just in that, he's becoming the thing he hates. But the fact that he is the exact mirror of Homelander in his powers yeah. is just great because it's not just it just takes that self-loathing to another level i feel like it helps remind him that this is not a good thing this is a punishment yeah 
because he keeps saying that to himself. But I would imagine being like, I am what I hate precisely. Mm-hmm. It's just a good humbling factor. Yeah. I've actually really, like, Butcher has taken the exact opposite approach to this as Huey. Mm. Huey loves it. Like, he is a junkie. He gets, like, all the euphoria from it. He feels powerful. He feels like he is everything a man should be. He joined the boys because him and Butcher had so much in common. Yeah. They both lost their, like, life partners to a soup that just didn't give a shit Mm. and was just going on caring about their lives. But Butcher has remained solid in how much he hates soups and he hates homelander and he hates all this stuff and while huey he puts on that facade like he does like in that scene with a train where he demands an apology yeah but in the end he's just happy to be strong like he's like i can punch a train in the face and i know that i could handle myself in this fight and that gives me a high like no other yeah he he hates soups because he can't be Be like them yeah which is sad, really. It's just all jealousy, I guess. Yeah, I'm just excited for the rest of the season. Now that we're over the hype of Herogasm, I just want to see where the story goes. Yeah, I have a feeling that with what Starlight just did <laughs> and the divide it's going to cause, that it's just going to end up with some really chaotic civil war type situation where you're going to have your homelanders fighting your starlights and honestly i'm concerned at the amount of screen time mother's milk's family has gotten because of the new man like the guy i don't know i don't think they're married the guy that's dating his ex-wife yeah and how obsessed he is with homelander and how much he's like yeah homelander's the greatest and how much he's pumping that into mm's daughter it makes me concerned that either something's gonna happen to them or it's just like really enforcing the fact that like there are people that do think homelander's right and there is going to be some sort of division yeah like and it shows the kind of that like how radicalized people can get from shitty leaders Mm -hmm. which like look at all the people with the maga hats yeah this he is the boys universe's version of that yeah so but yeah it's it's gonna be intense there's gonna be a ton of bloody battles and then there's just gonna be the deep fucking the octopus in the background <laughs> i didn't know <laughs> we were gonna even get to that oh my gosh wait till his wife finds out that he had an affair with an octopus that's another <laughs> oh Hannah made me do it <laughs> That's another thing. I have no idea what her end game is, but she is sketchy as fuck. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll find out. Um, the we watched episode three of Ms. Marvel mm-hmm. this week. Is it just episode three? Yeah. Feels like it's like four or nope. something. Just, Interesting. Just three. Um, not the most thrilling episode. Um, definitely felt necessary because it, it was like hey, here is our bad guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, it wasn't really anything spectacular. Yeah, I would say that this was my definitely my least favorite episode. I felt like I know in earlier episodes we have talked about how some people have found the show to be fairly cringy and we disagreed with that. We thought it was more 
like charming and relatable. Yeah. This was the first episode that had moments in it that I actually was just like cringe uncomfortable with. Just like this is not the kind of show I want to watch. And just it was just momentary, but it still was enough to be like, okay, like is this how other people felt in those other scenes? Like am I finally getting that here? But particularly it was the scene where um she's meeting all these people and she thinks that they're they're great and like she's gonna try and help them and stuff. Yeah. And Comron and her are just kinda like making little glances at each other and then his mom says something about her being like as cute as he had described her or something like that (laughs) and they get all bashful and he's like oh no no, i didn't like shut up mom like that kind of a thing yeah and it was just like it was it felt so forced and unnatural like first of all (laughs) um Anytime they do that, like stammering, I'm embarrassed, look at me, oh my gosh, shut up. That's already uncomfortable and awkward. But there's also the fact that like I have never once known a teenager to actually talk to their mom. Like a teenage boy go to their mom and be like, I met this cute girl. She's so cute. As a boy who was a teenager Mm -hmm. and had a mom. Yeah. (laughs) Not once did I ever have that conversation with her. Yeah. Because you just you're just setting yourself up for that kind of embar- embarrassment. And like yeah, unrealistic. Two out of ten don't say that again. It went on for a very long time too, because there are some situations where it's awkward but it's relatable and it's kind of cute. Yeah. There's other situations like this one where it's just awkward and uncomfortable and then it goes on for a long time. It's just like, oh my gosh, please stop. (laughs) There was one other scene where I was kind of blown away at how, how, I don't know if it was unrealistic or just like unexpected, but how quickly the group of Jin turned from like the facade of we're going to help, we're family, to just... We're going to fucking kill you unless you give us what we want. Yeah. It was very quick, irrational. It was a snap change. And it's like, I'm sure you could have manipulated your way in. Yeah. Didn't need to be just from like, oh, we're nice and family to I'm done waiting. Yeah. I'm going to kill everybody at this party. Just like overnight. Yeah. Yeah. And again, she's a teenager and... There's no way that you couldn't have at least guilt tripped her or like something to try and get her to be on your side and help you out. So, yeah, I agree with that as well. And also, I don't understand, again, Comron being completely shocked that his mom would go to this extreme. Yeah. Because it's like she had to have gone to some irrational (laughs) extreme in the past. Clearly with this like flip of the switch. Mm -hmm. This is not an uncommon behavior. Yeah. Like he was just as surprised as we were apparently, but nobody just does that out of nowhere. That has to be part of their nature for like a long-term thing, right? Yeah. It's not just like one day, like my whole life, I'm a very rational, rational, well-thought-out person. And then just out of nowhere, I'm like, you know what? F (laughs) all reason. I am just going to be violent for no reason before I try yeah. any other methods. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, we'll wait and see what the rest of the season is like. Mm-hmm. See where it comes. Because 
her actual character I really enjoy. Yeah. Some of the the story content I care a little less about, but I'm excited to have this character added into the universe that we have. I feel like she's going to have to open up to her mom. Absolutely. There's going to have to be a moment of like pure honesty and vulnerability and then her mom is going to have to accept this path that her daughter mm. has taken. Mm. Her mom has the other bangle. Mm. That's my call right now. Okay. Well, because it ends with the grandma, right? And right. there was something mentioned earlier about how her mom didn't come to the son's wedding. And she said something about how her mom didn't come to her own wedding. So why would she come to her yeah. son's wedding? Yep. That kind of thing. And she's always very like played it off like, her mom's crazy. They don't have a great relationship. Like something has happened there that has influenced her relationship with her own daughter. And now she's calling on her and uh, and saying like, you guys need to come here. Yeah. So. it The whole relationship thing is clearly powers related. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm guessing mom knows where the other bangle is. And when she has that like turning point where it's like i'm coming i'm being open i'm being honest this is who i am whether you like it or not yeah but i am gonna embrace you know who i am because like the costume is very similar to that like muslim attire right so she's gonna kind of work with it and be like more transparent about who she is and the mom's gonna be like also i have this here's the other bangle right and that's gonna unlock her full powers and she's gonna beat the jinn how do you Calling feel it now? How do you still feel about Comron? Like the first time mm. he called Bruno Brian, it was kind of funny. Yeah. And then now it's just been like over exhausted. And he also like we talked about the mom being a little irrational, but like if you've been with your mom for this long and you do everything that she says and you fully trust her and now a girl you just met your mom is just like, nah, we're going to like force her into this. Now you're just like going to rebel. Yeah. he. Some of the character things such as the Jin turning like that mm. um, doesn't seem super fleshed out. Yeah. It's like they know who they are, but they're not really explaining why. I'm sure he has more reason to rebel against the djinn mm -hmm. apart from just yeah this girl's kind of cute though yeah but i mean i am willing to drop the need for all that to be explained to enjoy the story yeah and the first two episodes really didn't disappoint in that it was right. fun but uh like the third episode kind of dropped the ball on that one mm -hmm. so all of those things kind of just really shone at you like this this was a bit disappointing right because i i wasn't having as much fun as i was in the first two mm -hmm. episodes i'm sure like it's one of those things that as we watch things will become more evident and yeah. clear um there's also her friend her other friend found out yeah nakia was I don't know, returning a, a scarf or a pashmina or something. Yeah. I was just like, oh, you've betrayed me. Yeah. 
So we've got that to deal with because everybody was just like, what an embarrassment to our community. Why would they do this? Mother must be so, so shamed. Yeah. And then she was kind of struggling. Like Kamala was kind of struggling with with that too because she's trying to do good and be like a Muslim hero and break stereotypes and all that stuff. And But her response from her own community has been the opposite of what she hoped it would be. Yeah. Nakia kind of sucks like she was having a few scenes that were very like good and empowering and stuff like that but then just to be like it seems like she's so upset that she wasn't told right away Mm -hmm. that she's like we're not friends anymore i wouldn't say that i wouldn't go that far i think right now the vibe i got yeah i think right now she's feeling a little betrayed because when you are directly involved in a situation like this, you don't necessarily think about how you first reacted, right? She's not thinking right now about the little slight like comments she made about how this how can this person do this, right? Yeah. She's just thinking like you're my best friend and you didn't tell me this. Like so your defenses go up and she's a little hurt and offended that she wasn't told ahead of time. I think that there's going to be some explaining. There's going to be some questions and answers. And she's going to see Kamala's intentions from a different perspective. Because before this, she thought it's just some random stranger showing yeah. up and causing havoc and bringing all this attention where it shouldn't be. Now she's going to see like, okay, this is my friend and I know her heart and I know she's a good person. Little hurt that she didn't tell me, but I can now see like where her motivations lie. Yeah. And I think that in the end, she's going to end up being one of those supporters that is likely going to encourage her or help her open up to her mom. Yeah, I see that. I like I was just initially watching and I was like, man, she's just is coming off as kind of a bad friend. <laughs> but you know what? I'll give her the benefit of it out. Um, the finale of Obi-Wan just came out. Yeah. And boy, howdy. <laughs> was it great. The internet has kind of been back and forth on whether people love it or whether people hate it or whether people genuinely don't give a shit because they don't care about Star Wars. But I think that the finale of Obi-Wan was such a satisfying ending. Mm -hmm. Um, What did you think of the series in general? Um, It was interesting. It was not my favorite. I think a lot of that just has to do with my lack of understanding about the Jedi and the not Jedis. <laughs> Sith. <laughs> Sith people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I think that like a lot of that just is because I have a lack of understanding and um, a lack of interest maybe. <laughs> but I didn't dislike watching it. There were moments that really was captivating to me. And there were moments that I was just like, meh. Um, I didn't really enjoy Reva's story arc. I felt that... uh, Yeah, it was kind of underwhelming. I feel like it started really strong and then just slowly went downhill. Yeah, it it definitely had a lot of potential Mm -hmm. but some of the like okay so she was this uh 
temple student yeah that was thought to be killed by Anakin yeah and then turned into an inquisitor mm-hmm. but was the whole time intending to take him out yeah and the the reckless kind of attack that we talked about last week mm-hmm. that led to her being so badly wounded and then just like out of nowhere finding out about Owen and there being another kid. Yeah. And then just like this really quick, well, I'm going to kill this kid for some reason. Like she doesn't know the importance of the kid. No, I don't think so. So I'm not really sure what her motivation was to kill that kid. Like I know it's Luke Skywalker. Yeah. She didn't to her. It was just, this is a, this is another kid that Bail Organa was talking about mm-hmm. um, what's the connection I don't know but I'm he must be important so I'm gonna go there and kill him that'll show Anakin yeah I don't know what that was I don't know if that was like a proving herself to Anakin and herself I'm not sure was she trying to lean further into the dark side to become more powerful Possibly. Or like, because it seemed like that was her trying to just be the best Inquisitor again. Right. But like. You've already shot your shot and then screwed up. Yeah. So it's like you can't really redeem yourself, at least to the Inquisitors. They don't trust you anymore. Yeah. So I'm like, not really sure what that whole bit was about. Yeah. Um. See, the other thing that I didn't like about that, and I said this while we were watching it too, is that like the worst part of flashback shows and characters that you already know is that like there's supposed to be this fear and this like climax <laughs> to it, but you you get robbed of that because you already know nothing happens to yeah. Luke Skywalker. It's like the two kids in this show that are in danger are the main characters in the movies. Yeah. Like, obviously, she doesn't kill Luke Skywalker. Right. Uh, like, this whole time with Leia being taken on this adventure, she comes out fine. Yeah. Like, I get that it it kind of gave them some character growth, but you're right. It didn't have that tension or the drama yeah. of it. Um, a few things that I really enjoyed about these the the series was that it it explained some things that didn't necessarily need to be explained. Uh, like why Leia named her kid Ben mm-hmm. could just be as a Ben, one of the most fucking common names <laughs> in the universe. Yeah. So why yeah, not <laughs> the name that Obi Wan took up as a a cover was the same that what she named her kid. But they had this huge formative bonding adventure. Yeah. When she was 10, so it stuck with her. Mhm. Um it explains I guess, I guess it doesn't explain, but it gives reason to why help me Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. Yeah. Because it's happened before that She's needed to rely on him as her only hope. And he saved her out of this situation. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but one of the the biggest kind of uh, mirrors that I saw was in A New Hope when Luke and Obi-Wan first set out on their adventure Mm -hmm. and they go to the cantina and they meet Han Solo. Mm -hmm. And Obi-Wan pitches the Mos Eisley Cantina as the most wretched hive of scum that you'll ever come across. Right. Why did he so openly trust Han Solo, who, by all appearance, didn't give a shit about anything? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had the turnaround with the when he saved him in the uh, like the trench run, where Han Solo was gonna take off, but then he comes back to to like save the day. But that's because in this Han Solo. With the help of Leia, trusts in what is it, Haja? Uh, Camille Nanjiani's the fake Jedi, mm. and he's he's learned to trust the Force to see people's heart and their intention, right? Rather than just what it looks like, because mm-hmm. from what it looks like, no fucking way would you ever trust Han Solo with something so important as this chosen guy who's going to bring balance to the force right or no way you would trust this guy pretending to be a jedi for money Mm -hmm. to like hey if i don't make it back take this kid back to her to her parents yeah so he he learns these lessons in the show that help inform some of the decisions he made in the original movies Mm mm-hmm and I just liked that because it wasn't necessary, but it was it was better than the Han Solo movie where it's like, why is he solo? Because when he went to the military sign up, he was alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it like they kind of like they were doing the same thing, but better. See, with things like that, like the Ben thing, it makes me wonder, like, has this story just been sitting on a shelf for a long time? Like, did they know that? Because it seems like an awfully big coincidence. Because he was going by Ben in the yeah. original movie. Yeah. So, may, like, but what was the connection? Just because Leia says the, help me, Obi-Wan, you're my only hope? Like, was this whole Obi-Wan saving Leia story, even if it was just a little short story, was that canon before 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 any of this happened and just sitting there for as long as maybe the original trilogy came out yeah i don't know um the only thing that i know about like why he was called like kylo ren was called ben initially in the comics like before like the marvel run of star wars comics Mm -hmm. there's what's now called the legacy uh comics um, where it's just a really big expansive universe of like the future generations and all that. And down the road, there is a Ben Skywalker. Mm. Um, I say that it, it might also be Ben Solo. I, I can't remember, but he's like a distant relative, relative. Um, that is, I believe, named because of Obi-Wan. Okay. Um, that they adapted into that character. Mm. Or I could be totally wrong and it was just straight up like in 
Han and Leia had a kid named Ben, so yeah. they made him them have a kid named Ben. I'm not entirely sure, but I there there is at least a connection that way. Okay. Um, how far ahead they've planned all this stuff, I'm not really sure. I I think at this point George Lucas has kind of handed most of it over. Uh, both between Kathleen Kennedy and Dave Filoni. Mm. Kathleen Kennedy is kind of like the producer of the Disney Star Wars branch. Yeah. And then Dave Filoni made the Clone Wars series, uh, works on the Mandalorian and all that stuff. Mm. Um, I don't know how much story and lore and just different little short stories they have for all of these characters. Right. That like, like maybe they have this Lando Calrissian story all built up uh, that will, in 10 years, be a TV show that kind of gives reason why Lando acted the way he did and sold Han and Luke out to Darth Vader right. in Cloud City. Who knows? Whether they had this story of, oh, well, Leia was kidnapped and Bail Organa was like, Obi-Wan, we really need you to come out of hiding to do this. Mm -hmm. Like how, how easy would it be for them to just write down a list of events that happened? Right. Cause you could make this entire TV show just out of Leia gets kidnapped. Bail gets Obi-Wan to help. Right. See the one thing that's making me feel like maybe it wasn't sitting on a shelf for like however many years Yeah, is how many parallels there were between this and Mandalorian. Yeah. And maybe, maybe that doesn't say like, that doesn't mean anything. And it was sitting on a shelf and maybe they adapted the Mandalorian <laughs> because of this idea. I don't know. I just feel like you have this cute little thing that needs protection from this very capable warrior and this cute little thing is very capable in itself with its own limitations because it's still very little <laughs> and needs protection and needs saving and all of that. And so it's like really funny because as we got through the finale and um, and there's been that like joke about if, you know, the show's not doing as well as they expected it to just bring the Mandalorian, have an appearance and then they're going to get better. While that didn't actually happen in this, yeah, just the parallels in the story arc was enough to make it a good enough show for me, who doesn't really know anything about anything else in yeah. the Star Wars franchise. Now, out of this show, mm -hmm. of all the things that there could be a spinoff show of, I would love to see uh, the ramifications of Freck. That mole man that sold them out to the Empire in like episode two, I think it was. Yeah, I don't remember. Well. I know who you're talking about. I don't remember where his appearance was. Well, what I, I just want to see him, because uh, like he got like pretty unceremoniously knocked out. Mm -hmm. um, I want to see like some rebels come and take him and shape his mind to make him a little, a little more open-minded to the plight of fellow man and not just do what's convenienced. Give me a Freck Reformation <laughs> TV show. If anyone wants to sign my petition, you can leave a comment on Instagram or on Discord. You know where to find the link. Reformation for Freck. 
Thank you so much for joining us this week at the Bees Knees Podcast. Please, if you haven't already, download this episode, maybe recommend us to a friend, and we will talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.